0: From hunting insights to science based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America. The DU Podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, the official performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina Pro Plan, always advancing.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining me on the show once again today is Phil Bergele, the Ducks Unlimited Magazine shotgunning columnist. Phil, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thank you very much for having me. You know, we kind of came up with this idea based on a column that you had done not too long ago, and I think it's very fitting, and usually we do this early in the season, but I really this... This topic is always a a very good subject to touch on, and it's traveling with a gun. Mm -hmm. You know, Phil, you travel with a gun a lot. I travel with a gun a lot. And you kind of base this column as kind of a, you know, these are some pro tips to take away if you're planning on traveling with a gun. From your perspective, you know, what is the most difficult thing traveling with a gun for you?
2: You know, honestly, for me, it's the anxiety. <laughs> but uh, i never I've never had any trouble traveling with a gun. Uh, the only mistake I have made that i I took one gun the first time I went to Uruguay and it broke the first day. and fortunately, everybody else had brought extras. Uh, and so I, you know the biggest piece of advice I have is don't be afraid to travel with a gun and don't be afraid to travel with two guns. Because, you know, you, you make a trip like that where there maybe aren't, you know, I said we were lucky that every, other people in my group had guns. But if you go somewhere where there's not a gun store or a gunsmith or even, you know, the best repair kit is always another gun. Yeah. So so that, that's what I'd say is uh, make sure that you've got an extra because you don't want to be on that trip you've saved up and been thinking about all year and then get there and find that your gun doesn't work. And it's, I, I can tell you it's
0: horrible.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine. Now, not to get too far down this road, but when you mentioned traveling with two guns, I've done that several times. Even mm-hmm. flown into Canada with two guns. It's, you know, one thing that makes it easier is some of the newer shotgun cases out there, mm-hmm. hard side. They've got wheels. They lock. They've they got they're already pre set up for like the TSA locks and anything you wanted to put on them. You know, do you have do you personally have a big case like that that you use?
2: I do. It's not a new one, but it does have all the features you're talking about. And of those features, wheels are like the key thing, yes. of, you know, because it, it's, it's a two gun case is pretty heavy. Um, I've had one. I've had it for 20 some years. I don't uh, I'm not even sure who made it, but it's a big, big, solid case. It does have it doesn't have place for TSA locks, uh, which are new. You know, I, I didn't I did not Had not been. This is the first time. Actually, I was traveling last week, and this is the first time I went on a trip where every they they kept asking me if if my case had TSA locks on it. Uh, And for those of you who, like me, didn't know what those are, they're those little cable locks where you set the combination, and then their TSA can override the key if they have to with a, a master key. The other thing I learned is that at some airports, if you don't have every hole. For a lock in your gun case. If if every one of them doesn't have a lock in it, that makes them unhappy, and they will want you to go, you know, to the <clears throat> to the convenience store there at the airport and buy some TSA locks and put them in the holes. Really? You know, did just they just do that thing yeah, recently? They did, and and this was in San Antonio, mm-hmm. where you know a lot of people take guns to hunt, a lot of people take guns to the National Gun Club, so it's it's a gun friendly airport. But uh, yeah, they were they were made a couple people in my group go get more locks for their gun cases. Uh, hmm. And so, yeah, just you know, and it, again, traveling with guns, I always worry about it. I've never had a problem. And, uh, you just have to do your homework, whether it's, you know, domestic or international flight, just always have to know, you know, get updated, talk to people who've done it. And, uh, it's really not a problem.
1: Yeah, no. And now that you say that with the holes missing on the case, I think the last time if it would have been last year, um, what they did with mine is they just put those big zip ties Mm -hmm. because I had a uh, basically like a master lock on each end. I wasn't using TSA locks either. And then they put the zip ties through the additional holes in the case. Right.
2: So I guess they they also they they zip tied my put a big zip tie all the way around my case this time too which is I think the first time I can remember that happening uh, just to be extra secure. So they don't want anything to happen to your gun. No, it's not (laughs) when when you travel there, uh, you know, the story always, and again, it, it depends on the airport, but I, I flew back into Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where, where I fly into a few years ago. And uh, you know, it was the last flight in late at night. And then it was pouring down rain. And uh, everybody's bags came off the carousel and was everything but my gun. And I was, so I was the last person left in the airport practically. And I was thinking, Jesus, this will be a a long process. And uh and then this kid came walking in and he was soaking wet and he had my gun case wrapped in plastic and he said I saw you had a gun and I wanted to make sure nothing happened to it so I wrapped it up for you and brought it in and yeah I know and that's you know I I have, I have not, I have no horror stories about traveling with guns at all so I can't uh you know I I've never had to make a claim for any I've had guns delayed you know by by a flight and they come in the next on the next flight I I have not found that it's really a problem at all.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, and I think you hit the nail on the head there talking about, you know, traveling with your firearm. It's really more like the anxiety of walking into the airport, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, op- you got to open it up, you know, that process that I'm sure you've gone through a million times as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. They kind of, they don't really check it. Cause most of these, the people at the airport counters, they're pr- maybe not even gun people. So they don't even know what they're looking at. So you just kind of open it up and they glance at it and they're like, is it loaded? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's not loaded. Yeah. Do you have right. any ammunition? No, you know, no nothing in this bag you know there's nothing in there in this case um and then they're like all right you got the locks lock it up we'll take it from here and then you just it's just like checking another bag it's pretty easy
2: yeah Now yeah, sometimes you have to wait for the tsa agent well they'll take it back into whatever back room they inspect guns and and then come back and give you a high sign that you can go on and sometimes they don't It all sort of varies from airport to airport, seems like.
1: Yeah, and that's in your column. You kind of mentioned get there maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit earlier than you would expect because that's kind of what you were alluding to there. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. it just takes a little longer.
2: Yeah. Then the one thing I would say, you know, while I've never seen myself or anyone in, in any group I've been with have trouble having, you know, with a gun getting damaged, I have seen gun cases that didn't survive the trip. And that's almost as bad because you know the other function of your gun case, besides to protect your gun, is to protect itself so you can take your gun back when you go home. You know, I remember we arrived in Buenos Aires or someplace and someone's gun case is like the whole corner was gone. And uh, guns were fine, but we had to find a way to, to get those guns back. Uh so so the money you spend on a gun case is is as much so that you have a gun case that you can keep on using and then it will survive the trip and whatever might happen to it between the time you check and the time it gets on the airplane as it is to protect your gun.
1: Yeah, you know, you you bring up a good point in the column too where when you're talking about the gun case here, you also mentioned, you know, don't forget a soft side gun case because what we're talking about are these big bulky. Sometimes, you know, I think I have a Browning one and a Plano one and then I have a metal one right. that was an old Cabela's that you'd have to take the gun apart. Mm-hmm. And those are durable. I mean, you can, I mean, they're they're super strong, waterproof, everything. But then when you mm-hmm. get to where you're going, you don't want to have to drag that big case around because a lot of no. states demand that you keep a gun in in a case when traveling so you couldn't even drive to where you're going to hunt, you know, without technically breaking the law.
2: And it's a good idea just to keep your gun in that case anyway for I always do because I know a lot of times I hunt with, with woodstock guns regardless of what kind of hunting I'm doing. And I want my gun protected. So to have a case that you can take to the blind or whatever, uh, yeah, you don't want to bring your hard case out there. So bringing a soft case is a good idea. Um, I think I also mentioned in that column, and this is a tip I just picked up last last year. A friend of mine showed up in camp, and he is soft case and almost all of his other gear – was in his gun case. He'd taken all the foam out, and he just packs his gun in his hunting stuff. And that way, he can travel a lot lighter.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Now, if you're going with two guns, you're probably by the time you pack hunting gear and extra gun cases and all that, you're probably going to get close to that 50 pound limit. I would imagine. Yes, you
2: are. Yeah, because the case itself will weigh a lot. Oh yeah. See, so just he just he just brought one gun, and, and just had a place he could put his you know his hunting coat and some other things in there. And uh, then the gun was just as padded as it would be in foam, you know, his clothes. So, yeah, you know, I, uh, a, I that, oh, go ahead. No, I said, I thought that was pretty smart. I had not seen that before.
1: That is, that is, that's pretty smart. Now, I have had a couple different instances with issues at airports. Uh, I once flew into Detroit. I was going up to Hunt Harsons Island and I flew into Detroit and got there and my gun never showed up. Uh-huh. And uh and so I go over to the claims office. And you know they're busy, they're doing their thing, and I'm like, yeah, my my bag didn't show up, and they're like, what's it look like? And I'm like, it's a big black, you know, it's a gun case. And the lady was like, Mm -hmm. what's in it? And I was like, two 12 gauge shotguns. (laughs) And uh, she immediately got on the walkie-talkie, and like there were, you know, officers there, and you know they came out. Yeah, like five Uh. minutes later, this guy comes out carrying it. What they did was, it was so big that they set it off to the side, Mm -hmm. and then forgot to. Put it back on when all the other luggage oh, so it's right. basically just sitting in the back right there um, but but they they do take notice when you tell them that you're you've got multiple firearms that are missing <laughs> in baggage claim <laughs> yeah
2: no they don't they don't want any lost guns anymore than we want our guns
1: lost yeah right? now ammunition wise and any other like shotgunning accessories have you ever i had an issue in canada one time coming back they took my, my choke tubes, which I thought was super weird. But I, I had them in a carry-on.
2: Yeah, they don't, yeah. They, if it's a gun part, they don't, want it, they don't want it in your carry-on. Yeah. Because who knows, you and like 30 other people on board the plane could have each brought in a different gun part and put a gun together
1: it's possible probably not
2: (laughs) probably not but no those those things have to you can't bring those in I actually I just I just uh it was a question where I came back from one hunting trip and went on another and forgot that I had put a knife in my backpack you know that I carry on board plane and fortunately that was at home so the TSA guy said you can take that back out to your car or leave it here and it was a new knife and I, I had time i took it back out to my car but uh a really good idea to check all your pockets and all your bags especially if you're going to wear your hunting coat on the, on the plane to save space the way a lot of people do make sure there's no ammunition left in there when you
0: come back stay tuned to the ducks unlimited podcast sponsored by Purina ProPlan. After these messages. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina ProPlan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.
1: Find it easier to fly with double guns over semi-autos, or is there any preference there? Or are you just going with what you got?
2: I just go with with what I you know, I, I, I want a gun that works. But um, the cases I have are all takedown cases, so I can take whatever I want in them. Then uh, I, I like a, a more compact gun case is nice. And say like wheels are the key thing. But uh, now we're talking about I flew into Mexico a few years ago. And it was to a uh, shooting event, not a not a hunt. But uh, you know, this, this just speaks to to knowing the regulations when you go, in, you know, go into go to a foreign country. Uh, it was also there was a three gun shoot held concurrent at the same event, and we had to register our guns and the serial numbers and everything with the Mexican military on the way down there, which we did, except for one of the three gun competitors did not write down the serial number of his rifle scope or maybe it might have been a red dot. I didn't even know they had serial numbers, but yeah, they do. And if you don't put, and he was there for a long time. We were all, you know, we we're all back at the hotel and he came in several hours later after trying to straighten that out with, uh, with the Mexican army. Uh, so, you know, it, flying into other countries is harder, not Canada, but, uh, but you just have to learn the rules ahead of time. And it's, it's not a problem and it's you know and and that just doubles the anxiety especially when you know in, in this case we were being checked by the military which was made it maybe even a little edgier uh but it was all fine you know they knew we were coming and uh except for this poor guy who had not copied the serial number of his red dot
1: yeah i would not think of that i probably that they I mean, I, I wouldn't even understand why you would need to do that. But I guess that's, that's really why you should research the, uh, the country. And most of these have pretty good websites where you can get detailed information. Yeah. Um, I know Canada's yes. really good about it.
2: The other thing you need to do if you take a gun out of the country is there's a customs form, and I forget the number of it, uh, that you need to fill out. Because when you come back, and it's not just guns, it's anything of value, you need to be able to prove that everything you're bringing back is took out of the country or you'll need to pay duty on it. So and that that's a form that not everybody knows about, but it's it's uh it's one you really need to have.
1: Yeah, for people out there taking notes, it is CBP form 4457. Um, you would think that I knew that right off the top of my head, but I actually just looked at your mm. column and read it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's something that you just have to, you know, you just have to be able to state. You leave with it, you come back with it, that, that exactly. I've filled out that form before many times, and you just leave yes. it in the case itself and they'll see it. Mm-hmm. And then in that way, you know, you don't have to pay duty on that or, you know, and, exactly. it, and it makes your process getting back into the U.S. a lot easier. Right. So, we, you know, we've covered you know, the planning, you know, doing some research. We've covered, you know, packing. Um, we've covered the cases. Now, one question I had for you, because I did not do it, I never traveled, I never flew with a gun prior to 9-11. Now, um, did that, did you do that? And then how much has that process changed that you can remember? I,
2: I, I can remember shooting ducks in North Dakota and then... Driving really fast to the airport and just like running in and throwing my gun on the carousel and running onto the airplane <laughs> so yeah it's it's different now uh my, my my plane i I remember that because the we thought we were in time, and the flight had been that moved the flight time up, so I got to the airport and I was running and p yeah, I used to be able to run through airports too um and I was running and just yeah just toss it on and then that was it. So it was quite a bit different. And, and you know, I'm, I remember my dad telling me that, you know, taking an air, gun on board an airplane and having the, the flight attendant ask him, well, you know, what's in the in the case? And he said, a shotgun, and her saying, Is it loaded? And him saying, No, it's not even put together. And, you know, that. he brought that it on as 60s. a carry on. Yeah. In the 60s, you could. Yeah. Um, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. And, and uh, not the way we do things now. So, yeah. So, so I do remember that. Um, And it's, uh, but you know, air travel in general was was a lot easier then.
1: Now you now you did mention that you traveled last week. What exactly were you Mm -hmm. going to do? And I just I'm just curious as to what you were going to shoot at down in Texas. Uh,
2: uh, We went to San Antonio and then went about an hour southwest and hunted white winged doves.
1: Nice. I've never done that.
2: I hadn't either, and I want to do it again. Uh, (laughs) They are they are you know they fly higher and in flocks than. And more often than morning doves do, and uh, on a windy day, which we had the second day, they will hurt your feelings pretty badly. But uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's, it's a big thing down there. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of people go down there to shoot white wings. I'd never done it before. Really enjoyed. I really like dove hunting in general, and I you know, but here at here at home we we hunt morning doves over spinners, which is a totally different. <sighs> type of shooting and so this was this was fun to get a, a different a lot of high shots um, got me ready for duck season so if it ever if it ever rains here I'll be able to shoot ducks when they Skip up over top of the blind
1: Yeah, before we get you out of here I wanted to kind of run through that with you um, You are in Iowa I am. You know, we have gone around Like a lot of the Great Lakes states We've done some of the Central Flyway updates here With John Pullman or Jay Anglin uh, Some of our contributors uh, But mm-hmm. what is Iowa looking like right now? And I think I know the answer But I, I you know, I want to hear it from yes. a local uh, <laughs> Very dry Yeah We have not, you know, we're not I think in our
2: fourth year of a drought. And this is either the worst one or it's just been a cumulative effect. But uh, the ponds I hunt usually are completely dry. And unless we get a lot of rain this, this next month, they will be. And I'll be I'll be hunting on the river. Our reservoir where a lot of people hunt nearby is, is very low. It might be coming up. I think it's coming up a little bit because there was finally some rain on upriver, but about three quarters of the state is in severe drought right now. It doesn't does not make it easy. Uh, the Mississippi, there will be ducks there, and there always are. And uh, but yeah, it's not not looking too good for a lot of us. And I think some other parts of the state, some of the the smaller wetlands up in the northwest, north central Iowa, do have water. I know I talked to a friend of mine who had a great teal hunt up there early on. Uh, it doesn't doesn't take very much water to float a teal though. So um, it doesn't look good for us, though. Unless, and unless, in these rains that you know keep hitting Minnesota and Wisconsin, we they kind of miss us. So we're we're in a bad way right now.
1: It sounds like you might have to just pack up your gun and travel, right? I think so. I think
2: it would probably be uh, <laughs> that. Is, that is the plan: is to to hit the road and find a find some water in a duck somewhere this fall.
1: Awesome. I was going to say, how does that impact your pheasant hunting? Because I know you you really get into the pheasant hunting up there, too. I do.
2: Typically, drought is not as bad for our birds as it is farther west. Mm-hmm. What what is really hard on our pheasants is rain during the nesting and, ha- and, and season when the chicks can get wet and die of exposure. Yeah. We have a dry year. We usually do okay. Hmm. And our numbers, uh, not as much in my part of the state, but up along the Minnesota border, are supposed to be really, really good this year. Uh, by, you know, by by by, twenty first century standards, which is not what it used to be, but still pretty good. So I may have to hit the road and find some pheasants too.
1: Awesome! That sounds like uh, that sounds like that'll keep you busy for a little while while you're waiting on that rain for sure.
2: <laughs> I hope so. I don't have to wait. I hope I don't have to wait until next fall for that rain. But it's. Uh... <laughs> It's been a long time coming We need
1: it Yes, you do I Like I said, I knew the answer to that But I just wanted, wanted to get it verified by you And uh, I think John Pullman touched on it a little bit last week But, um, you know, he's over in South Dakota I think they've even had a little bit more rain over there Than you guys have Like you said, it's kind of skip, skipping all around you Yeah, it is well, cool, Phil. This has been great. You know, this is a good conversation to have any time of year, like I said, you know, traveling with a gun. We really mm-hmm. kind of talked more on air travel, which is, you know, a lot of people are doing that now. And it's it's, it's a it's a big business for waterfowlers to travel around the country and try different areas, try mm-hmm. new experiences, and, and be sure to research. You know, domestically, you want to, you know, check out the specific airlines. Um, internationally, you definitely want to go every country has a website where you can get that information Mm -hmm. but is there anything else that you can think of that you know waterfowl hunters this season need to keep in mind before they uh, pack a bag and fly off with their gun
2: specifically no but i'm going to say that if i'm going on a trip i'm taking a 12 gauge just because they're i know a lot of people like to shoot small gauge guns now but it's universal uh there'll be ammunition for it if i don't if i don't bring my own or i run out or whatever somebody else will have it uh so i'm gonna take a gun that works and a gun that you know, shoots 12 gauge shells
1: nice that's a good point point. 12 gauge you know much easier to get ammo and typically you can borrow it from someone if you need it if you don't yeah. your ammo doesn't arrive or something like that you know if you're digging around trying to find somebody with 28 gauge um it may not be there. right you know so
2: exactly and, and, and if, I'm, if i'm going with a group of people we might not all take an extra gun but you know one or two of us will so we've got one in case somebody in the group has trouble because it's not likely that they'll all break at once but so just just one you'd or two think. extras for the group i no, you'd hope so
1: yeah you would think well phil this has been great i appreciate you taking the time talk to us about this and we'll probably have to get you back on here real quick as before you get out there pheasant hunting and, and hopefully you'll get some water so you can get some ducks i hope so too thank you very much all right thanks phil take care I'd like to thank my guest, Phil Bergele, Ducks Unlimited Magazine shotgunning columnist for coming on the show and talking about air travel with a firearm. A very important topic. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation.
0: Thank you for listening to the DU Podcast, sponsored by Purina ProPlan, the official performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina ProPlan always advancing be sure to rate review and subscribe to the show and visit ducks.org slash du podcast opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of ducks unlimited until next time stay tuned to the ducks